Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Quebecor Inc.'s financial results for the 2021 third quarter conference call. I would like to introduce Hugues Sima, Chief Financial Officer of Quebecor Inc. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this conference call. Joining me to discuss our financial and operating results for the third quarter of 2021 is Pierre-Carl Pedado, our President and Chief Executive Officer. Anyone unable to attend the conference call will be able to listen to a recording by telephone or webcast. Access details are available on Quebecor's website at www.quebecor.com. The recording will be available until the 2nd of February of next year. I also want to inform you that certain statements made on the call today may be considered forward-looking, and we would refer you to the risk factors outlined in today's press release and reports filed by the corporation with regulatory authorities. Let me now turn the floor to Pierre Carl. Merci, Good morning, everyone. Uh, as we uh, announced last quarter, we are moving ahead with our plans uh, toward the expansion of our telecom services across Canada, thereby creating a real competitive dynamic and bringing to Canadians the benefit of technological innovation, superior client experience, and lower prices. The first step towards our objectives of becoming the fourth independent wireless provider in English Canada became a reality in July with our investment of nearly $830 million in the acquisition of 294 blocks of spectrum in the 3,500 MHz band across Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, and British Columbia. Our investment of $357 million for 119 licenses in Quebec will enhance an already solid spectrum base acquired throughout the last decade, starting in 2008 prior to the launch of our facility-based wireless operations. These licenses will be used for the deployment of our 5G platform, which is already in operation in Montreal and Quebec City. The remaining investment of $472 million is dedicated to the acquisitions of licenses in the main regions of the aforementioned provinces. On this topic, I have to say that we were surprised by TELUS court initiative against the Government of Canada to try and block the award of these licenses to Videotron. That being said, we were relieved, although not surprised this time, that the federal court clearly told TELUS that its claim was without merit and denied and do not raise a serious issue. This is the paragraph two 
And I still quote, the decisive factor is the public interest in fostering greater competition in the market for mobile phone services, and this is the paragraph four. It is sad to realize the length to which TELUS and Bell will go to delay, block, and to ultimately squeeze out at all costs any efforts to create healthy competition and ultimately lower the prices Canadian pay for mobile services. We continue to call on governmental and regulatory authorities to issue the licenses and more generally ensure that their long-standing competition policy and objectives are backed by concrete actions forcing the incumbents to actively cooperate and take the necessary steps so that Canadians are not left paying amongst the highest telecom prices around the industrialized world. I would also like to comment on our recent court action against Rogers, our longtime ally and partner in building a joint wireless network in Quebec. To remain on the legal side of business and keeping in mind that the sub judice rule, as well as the respect owed to the courts, I will not comment any further, nor I will answer any question regarding this matter. The only thing I wish to share is that over the last years, as described in the claim, we've always strived through the Network Steering Committee to find answers and solutions to the various change requests, demands, and other asks from Rogers' new management. But every time we met Rogers' requests, they came back with further and higher demands. And since Rogers felt comfortable to state publicly that we fail to meet the investment ask to improve our joint network to the benefit our customers, I myself feel comfortable to say that is far from the truth, to say the least. As you know, Zero has been recognized for many years as the most respected telecom company in Quebec. Could this be possible without having our clients at the center of everything we do? We always acted as a true partner to Rogers and tried to avoid the unpleasant publicity of a public record, negotiating a suspension of the time limitation period of three years, according to the law, to give ourselves a chance to settle our differences, but to no avail. Given the current events at Rogers, we now understand why our discussions were not a priority and sincerely hope that when the air clears at Rogers, we may have a chance to engage in a constructive dialogue with open-minded individuals. 
Turning to operational matters, we launched VRAI, the first French-language video subscription platform dedicated to exclusive unscripted lifestyle, documentary, and entertainment content. In just a few weeks, we recorded 17,000 subscribers and over 200,000 views. We will offer 40 original productions this year and over 100 original Quebec productions by the end of 2022. Along with the success of Tribunico, which is dedicated to series, movies, and youth programs, this new platform will enhance and complement our content offering. We are expanding our collaborations with local producers and we will continue to significantly invest in the production of new local content, thereby strengthening our leadership position as the largest catalyst for original French productions in Quebec. Speaking of Clubinico, our very own successful OTT, we launched our programming two weeks ago with a record number of new majors original series and an exceptional 2021-2022 lineup featuring leading figures of Quebec culture, such as Patrick Sénégal, Florence Nompré, and Sophie Deras, as, Deras, sorry, as well as Philippe Falardeau and Xavier Dolan. Finally, bringing all of these investments together, we also unveil Que, a new digital platform that brings all of Quebecors, sorry, Quebecor news and entertainment content together in one place. Available on the web and via a mobile app, Cube is a unique showcase with a vast quantity of multi-source, multi-format content where users will have access to millions of items including text, music, video, and audio in a single environment, live and or on demand. Once again, on the forefront of innovation and anticipating market demands and trends, CUE will further reinforce one of Quebec's most important competitive advantage against our national competitors, our unmatched ability to produce and deliver unique, differentiated, differentiating news and entertainment content. On the B2B front, we're pleased to announce that the Deutron Business team up with Extelia, a Quebec-based technology company, to offer, to offer a wider range of connected object solutions to accelerate the digital transformation of cities, municipalities, government organizations, and businesses across Quebec, and provide them with solutions for waste management, water management and quality, smart parking, environment management, and noise pollution. Videotron also recently landed a major contract for IoT services with the STM, which is the Montreal Public Transit Authority, further strengthening its leadership position in Quebec. Moreover, in September, Videotron and TVA Sport announced their partnership with Trois-Rivières Lyon, which is a new team with the ECHL. The new Trois-Rivières Arena is now named the Colisée Vidéotron, and TVA Sport is the exclusive official broadcaster 
of the Trois-Rivières Lyon Home Games. This partnership demonstrates our continued commitment to Quebec sport and entertainment industry, supporting and promoting the next generation of Quebec athletes, as well as contributing to the economic development of Quebec regions through investment that benefits local communities. I will now review our operational resolve, starting with our telecom segment. On the wireless front, we posted 41,000 net ads during the quarter. Despite the continued aggressive competition from a loading and renewal perspective, especially toward the end of the quarter, we were able to keep our turn flat year over year and once again captured the largest share of growth ads by far with 37% of the market, our best performance ever, and with our Videotron and Fizz brands coming in first and second position respectively according to a Leger marketing survey. Consolidated wireless app pool for the quarter declined 1.6% or 83 cents versus 2020. This decline is explained in large part by the dilutive impact of, of BYOD model at FIN, combined with a decline in roaming and data usage revenues. Videotron recently enhanced its value proposition regarding the equipment installment plan by launching in September the Take Back Credit Program option, allowing customers to further benefit from reduced monthly phone payments. In broadband, we're pleased to report another strong quarter with a growth in Internet subscribers of 22,500, 2,000 more than during the third quarter last year, and a 2.1% or $1.13 Internet ARPU growth. In the quarter, more than 100,000 Elix installations were completed bringing our total Linux subscribers to over 1 million as of September 30th, 2021. Our Linux TV continues to help lower our TV turn rate and mitigate our TV subscriber decline, which was 13,400 in the quarter, an improvement of more than 2,000 compared to the third quarter last year. We continue to promote Linux self-installations, and we are very satisfied with the result thus far. We have already surpassed 100,000 self-installations since the launch in March 2021, and are pleased to report a 93% overall customer satisfaction rate. This program has proven to be very successful, and we will continue to improve it to maintain the current satisfaction rate level. In our media segment, advertising revenues continue to increase, particularly in our television network, where they came in higher than the same quarter of last year, but also 22% higher than the same quarter in 2019, which is, as you know, pre-pandemic. TVA consolidated market share reached 
38.2% for the quarter, strengthening our leadership position in the Quebec market with uh, such hits as the French version of Mask Singers and the Stanley Cup Finals hockey game. Building on our number one franchise, we continue to increase our investment in content, a strategy that is reflected in our fall programming with a wealth of new shows, original production, and exclusive content for our digital platforms such as TVA Plus, which continue to grow and build on its strong popularity. Our array of content is broader and more diverse than ever and is available on multiple platforms to reach more Quebecers on a daily basis and bring them together for major television events. Our film production and audiovisual services segment also perform very well with high demand from mega productions such as Paramount Picture Mega Production Transformers, Rise of the Beast, and also from major online streaming players. Mail services are increasingly being recognized and used by international clients, placing us in the inviolable position of being able to take advantage of the current market growth and plan for expansion our facilities with the upcoming constructions of MELV 4. Our virtual stage services continue to draw the attention of producers with greater numbers using the technology to facilitate shooting certain scenes or creating advertising. I will now let uh, you review our financial results. Merci, Pierre-Carl. Quebecor's revenues were up 3% in the quarter to $1.15 billion, and EBITDA was up by more than 1% at um, $520 million. Third quarter revenue growth from our telecom segment was flat as compared to last year, as the growth from internet access and mobile telephony up 6% and 8% respectively, was counterbalanced by a reduction in mobile equipment with more BYOD than in Q3 last year, and also the stabilization of the growth of, in Helix equipment sales, which drove most of the top-line increase in prior quarters. Our telecom segment EBITDA posted a decline of 1% compared to last year as a result of a $19 million unfavorable impact, of, of, of the impact of a $19 million one-time item in the third quarter of last year. Without the impact of the 2020 one-time item, our telecom EBITDA would have grown by 2.6% in the quarter. Our overall EBITDA margin remains strong at 51% for the third quarter, still one of the highest in, te in the Canadian telecom market. Our media segment recorded revenues of $191 million, a 21% increase, and an EBITDA of $37 million, a 47% increase compared to the same period last year. In our media segment, TVA Group continues to benefit from the improvement of activities from almost all of its sectors, as evidenced by the 26% and 52% respective increases in revenues in EBITDA during the third quarter. Quebecor reported a net income attributable to shareholders of $173 million in the quarter, or $0.71 cents per share, 
a $32 million increase compared to the same period last year. In addition to the EBITDA improvement, this increase is also explained by the gain on valuation and translation of financial instruments related to our convertible debentures, as well as to the restructure initiatives that were put in place during the quarter. Adjusted income from continuing operations, excluding unusual items and gains or losses on valuation of financial instruments, came in at $176 million, or 73 cents per share, compared to an adjusted income of $173 million, or 69 cents per share, in the same quarter last year. For the first nine months of the year, Quebecor's revenues were up 6% to $3.37 billion, and EBITDA was up 3% to $1.47 billion. Revenues from our telecom segment grew 4% to $2.78 billion, and EBITDA increased 2% to $1.41 for the same period. Silicon CapEx spending, excluding Spectrum, was down $18 million for the quarter as compared to the, to the previous year, mainly due to the timing of some of our investments. On a year-to-date basis, CapEx spending is comparable to last year with continued deployment of the LTEA, LTE Advanced, or, and or 5G rollout as planned. Our cash flow from operations for the third quarter of 2021 increased by $20 million, or 6%, to $366 million, once again demonstrating the resilience and strength of our business model, as well as our continued operational and financial discipline. Cash flow from operations from our telecom segment grew $11 million, or 4%, to $337 million. TVA Group's cash flow from operations grew 44% to $29 million in the quarter. As of the end of the quarter, our net debt to EBITDA ratio was 2.80, up from 2.76 reported at the end of the third quarter of last year, still one of the lowest in uh, the telecom industry, competitors and peers in Canada. Despite the redemption of Videotron's 5% senior notes and Quebecor Media's 6 and 5.8% senior notes in July, we had $2.3 billion in available liquidities at the end of the third quarter. With growing free cash flows and strong credit profile, our liquidities are giving us the flexibility to continue and invest in strategically important growth projects, such as mobile telephony, investing in content, and continuing to invest in studios. During the first nine months of the year, we purchased and canceled 7.1 million Class B shares for a total investment of $226 million. Since we initiated our NCIB program 10 years ago, approximately 47.7 million Class B shares have been purchased and canceled. We thank you for your attention and would now like to open the lines for your questions. When everyone's on the same page, Getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. 
You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. All right. So just as a reminder, to ask a question, you can press star 1 at any time. And uh, well, the first question comes from uh, Jérôme Dubreuil from Desjardins. Please go ahead, Jérôme. Hey, bonjour tout le monde. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, first question on, on the media front. Uh, good, good results. Uh, just looking to see how uh, how recurrent uh, are the good results in terms of film production. Uh, I know this business can can sometimes be lumpy, but I also think you've made significant investments in that business. Um, can we expect uh, such good results uh, going forward as well? Well, um, thank you, Jérôme. Um, I guess that, you know, uh, looking forward, uh, uh, it's, it's not always uh, an easy exercise, um, you know, as we and we will certainly have uh, the opportunity to talk a little bit more, but I expect you know questions regarding the telecom environment. Um, and um, I would say that uh, you know, in the broadcasting industry is also quite competitive. Um, obviously, you know, we're getting out of a situation where you know pandemic was certainly not the best environment. Uh, as you know, the advertising revenues uh, were uh, certainly not in, in the best conditions given that, you know, most of the retail business were closed and uh, significant uh, uh, businesses, you know, were not performing. Um, but we need to say uh, that uh, in front of us, you know, we have uh, two main competitors, uh, Bell, uh, which, um, you know, with a specialty channels lineup and generalists are you know, much more in a better position than the, the previous owner. And in fact, you know, these, these are the kinds of representation we made in front of the CRTC. They have a, a national platform in English and, and, and French, which we do not. Um, and that also provides, you know, the, the capacity for them to move forward. The good thing, uh, and it's been also used by our competitors, and Radio-Canada is uh, one of them, which is the second one I was referring to earlier, is that we have many platforms. So if we are investing, and this is we do as example, and I mentioned it in my, in my presentation, in Clubinico and or in Vrai, which is our new uh, OTT documentary platform, uh, this also, you know, give us the, the opportunity, you know, to uh, rebroadcast this content on the other platforms. So we are multiplying the amount of vehicles which we are able to use to generate advertising and keep our audiences as much as possible. So this is something that we've been doing for many years already, 
and it's been copied by Radio Canada with their, their Two Point TV Extra, which you know for us it's quite um, it's a it's a big question mark because I didn't know that the national broadcaster will compete against private networks uh, on an OTT basis. You know, to me, uh, this is distribution where Radio Canada should be a, a broadcaster. In fact, we made our presentation during the. Radio Canada renewal audiences. We expect the decisions to come forward and figuring out you know, what the CRTC think about this. And you know, so we look forward to continue to uh, expect a competitive environment. Uh, but we certainly have a leadership position, and we will continue to invest to make sure that we remain number one on this segment. Okay, Sorry thanks. for the long answer, but yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, and then second, on the back to school, um, do you feel uh, that you had the full benefit uh, out of this or this was still not a normal year? Just trying to assess here uh, if your net ads could be, could be better or, or similar next year uh, just related to back to school. Uh, Jérôme, no, I, I, this was a fairly, uh, a fairly active and fairly competitive back to school. You know, um, you know, we're, we're we're quite pleased. I mean, uh, you know, uh, 41, um, you know, in in wireless. I mean, you, you know, historically this is a it's it, it's a good quarter in terms of loading for us. But it's one, um, you know, in terms of um, uh, you know of AppU that um, is is slightly a bit more challenging. You know, with a lot of students back and um, you know taking in um, you know lower price points. Uh, and and we you know we had we had significantly more uh, you know bring your own device uh, BYOD this this quarter 74% compared to 66% last year same same quarter so that also um, contributed to that so I I, I think uh, you know all in all in terms of activity um, I qualify it as, as as very competitive so pressure on the uh, on the you know on the average invoice. Uh, but uh, we're we're fairly pleased, you know, with our you know with our loading. Um, you know, we we did very well. We did very well against competition. Um, you know, in terms of growth ads in our market share. So um, um, it was it was very busy and very competitive. But um, we feel that we, we you know we came out of it, especially with Fizz, which accounts for most of our growth, um, on the right side of this equation. Merci beaucoup. Next question comes from Jeff Fan from uh, Scotia Bank. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, this is a question for uh, Pierre Carl. Um, you've obviously been very vocal about the national expansion, um, but I think the market is just sitting back, looking at the various obstacles that you still have. Um, you mentioned the lawsuit against Rogers and Quebec. Um, you know, the spectrum, yes, there's no injunction, but you still have a court case next year. I think um, the MDNO cost is still not clear. So, I mean, how can investors gain some comfort that you're making a good investment decision here? Can you just kind of shed some light on on you know, the, the, the things that you're looking at to ensure that you're making the right investment decision? Thanks. Good. Um, as you know, uh, Jeff, um, you know, the, the CRTC uh, provides uh, what I would call, you know, favorable conditions. In fact, you know, probably we can say the most favorable condition ever. 
uh, out of the decision uh, this summer, you know, what we call 2021 uh, slash uh, 130, um, MBNO is now you know, uh, regulated and uh, the incumbents would need, you know, to open their network to new competitors. As you know, uh, we started our uh, wireless business in 2006. Um, with uh, Rogers Network as an MVNO, we participate in 2008. Well, we make representation in 2008 to make sure that if government was looking, you know, to have competition, the best way to do so will be, you know, to set well to provide certain conditions. One of which, uh, probably the most important, would be to set aside uh, spectrum during the auction, also mandatory roaming and a few other conditions. Um, the late uh, Jim Prentice understood this situation and then therefore decided as the minister you know, to open the auction with those conditions. We participated, we bought the entire 40, 40 megahertz in Quebec and we started to build our own network. Through uh, all those years of uh, building our network, providing one of the best services, uh, we've been able to achieve a significant portion of the market share. Fortunately, um, you know, that was able to provide uh, a growing uh, opportunity in terms of revenues in EBITDA, that if we were not to have uh, this segment of business, uh, I don't know, you know, obviously we cannot redo the, the, the time frame, but, um, you know, 10 years later, uh, I think that we should conclude that this, this decision, which was at the beginning probably questioned, was uh, then therefore delivering uh, some significant amount of growth and, and EBITDA. Uh, what is the plan in the rest of Canada with the MBNO uh, regulated environment, a statutory to be made, with our acquisition of a spectrum, we have all the assets to be able, you know, to provide a good service. In terms of investment, as you know, we already have invoicing system. We already have call centers. We already have our digital platform. We have all the assets necessary, you know, to provide a decent commercial proposal. And, you know, you don't need to go very far. And you guys which are following, you know, the telecom industry, uh, knows very well how competitive the marketplace is in Quebec when we compare with the rest of Canada. Sorry about this, but, you know, this is... <laughs> uh, so, next, I would like to give you an example, and you can go on, on my, my Twitter account, you know, for, for, more, uh, for more illustrations. But last week, in many newspapers, so if you go to see on... October 28, so last Thursday, last Thursday, you'll see that in, Van in the Vancouver Sun, in the Edmonton Journal, in the Calgary Arrow, in the National Post, in the Ottawa Citizen, that you'll have a, an ad of Bell, which is proposing 20 gig for 80 bucks. This is the same ad. And you go in the Montreal Gazette with the same ad, for the same proposal, 
when you gig, you're finding it at $65. This is the most recent example, but it's been like this for many, many times. So we look forward, you know, to be able to piggyback on a very lucrative market. And when I'm looking about the results of Rogers and the, the quarterly results of Bell, with their significant amount of new ads, at the prices that we're seeing, I guess there's room for us to grow there at a decent investment price. And as you know, we have seven years to build our network. Seven years in a technological environment we're seeing, you know, new perspective, which is bringing interesting opportunities to reduce the cost of building a network. All those items for me and for us is providing favorable conditions to move forward and expect growth. Elsewhere, there where in Quebec, which is, I would say, a quite mature market for us. So just a quick follow-up. It sounds like you're, you're talking about a very uh, a capital light expansion using MBNO first. So are you saying you don't need to pursue freedom in order to um, to address your national expansion um, opportunity? Well, you know, um, obviously, if this is a very important matter. Um, it's it's. And maybe you have more insight than we do, but uh, we got problems to understand what's going on uh, with Rogers and Shaw. Uh, we're figuring out, you know, what will be the outcome of everything. Um, but um, you know, we're not going to open our our play here. Uh, and certainly, again, you know, would say that uh, we consider that we have a there also all the proper tools and means. Know, to be the best acquirer for, for, for freedom. So what is interesting is that we have many alternatives, uh, and this is what we should conclude for the moment. Fair enough. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Uh, next question comes from Tim Casey from BMO. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, too, from me. Um, just uh, following up on Jeff's question, Chair Carl, should we assume then that you'll be launching FIS uh, imminently, no matter how the freedom, any remedies related to freedom play out, and and no matter how MVNO discussions proceed? And is that what you're signaling to the market here? And just um, uh, an accounting question for Hugh. Um, Regarding working capital, it's been a huge uh, use so far this year, and, and I know that's related to handset acquisition and EIP and whatnot, but just wondering if you expect that to swing in Q4 or more likely in 2022. Thank you. Yeah, Bob, and thanks, uh, Tim. We unfortunately don't control, you know, the different actions that are taking by the incumbents you know, to stop and to refrain um, our capacity to offer a, a proposal to Canadians 
in the different areas where we, we uh, acquired spectrum. Uh, we've been seeing, once again, that uh, they're completely allergic to competition. You know, when you start suing the government of Canada in a regulated environment where you, your spectrum comes from the ministry, I mean, it shows how allergic you can be. Uh, is it a great move? Well, you know, you have your, your, your own take on this. I have my own. Um, uh, will they appeal uh, the court decision, you know, uh, of last week by the federal court of 10, ten days ago? Uh, will they continue to delay in court, uh, you know, the um, delivery of the licenses by the minister? Uh, all this we don't know. We also uh, are in front of the CRTC with the more technical discussions regarding how should we connect the different networks, uh, how uh, should uh, also have access to, um, you know, again, those are technicals, but uh, the, the fallback, uh, the, the roaming, obviously also all the tariff and the tarification uh, will be a matter of, of discussion and eventually arbitration uh, in front of the CRTC. So uh, in a nutshell, um, we expect not being able to do it next week and probably not next month. But as soon as the CRTC and the other governmental authorities uh, will move and make sure that you know competi competitions uh, will be brought for Canadians, uh, we're ready to move. And on your, uh, Tim, on your uh, working capital um, question, um, I certainly um, expect the, the, you know, the pressure on working capital to continue, stabilize but continue, for all the reasons you brought up, they're, they're, they're the right ones, obviously the IP program, and us building inventory in, um, on many components uh, because of lag times uh, increasing. Uh, so I would certainly, I think it's going to stabilize a little bit. It is stabilizing, but I, I certainly expect it to continue on to uh, uh, at the beginning of uh, 2022 for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. The next question comes. Yes, sorry. Morning, Vince. Yeah, next question comes from Vince Valentini, uh, TD Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Good morning to you as well, Pierre Carl. The um, first question the 18.8 million, can you clarify, uh, Hugh, is that all in the wireless uh, segment, or would some of that be in? Videotron wireline as well. No, it's all in wireless, Vince. It's a reversal of AWS licenses that we had accrued for for a couple of years, and um, our regulatory um, um, department finally told us that that was a mistake, and we didn't need to accrue for that because we wouldn't have to pay for these licenses. So it was 100% uh, reversed last year uh, in the uh, in the wireless business. Thank you. So if we take that headwind or one-time item into consideration, uh, the typical question you get on wireless EBITDA growth, I assume it's it's negative year-over-year year given that $18.8 million? Uh, actually, no. EBITDA growth is, is, is small, but it still is positive for the quarter, you know, even accounting for this. So the Videotron excluding wireless is down a, f a few percent year-over-year year then? Correct. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's pretty flat. 
I mean, EBITDA, as you know, for us, it depends how you allocate certain, you know, certain certain network costs. But uh, I mean, you know, we we even accounting for that, I, I think you know we're looking at flat and and um, you know slightly positive on the on the wireless side, flat on the wireline and slightly positive on the wireless. Okay. Um, and I hate to make you put on your history cap, but um, if if you go back and adjust last year by 18.8 million, uh, it would mean that Q3 20 telecommunications segment EBITDA was down uh, about 0.6% versus Q3 19. Um, that seems to be out of line with the trend we saw throughout other quarters in 2020. Was there something unusual way back in yeah. of 19 that, that caused EBITDA to drop in Q3 last year? Uh, yeah, we had another. This is the second year in a row of a of a one-timer event. Um, you know, we also had a reversal of about 20, actually, yeah, uh, just slightly over 20 million in the third quarter um, of um, of 2019 as well. Um, so last year was pretty. You know, I, I, I think from an operational standpoint, the you know the 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 results of, of Q3 of last year were were pretty much in line. It, it's just we we honestly got a you know a, a a bump in the third quarter of 2019. Gotcha. Okay, that that helps explain. Thanks you. And my last question, sorry to go back to the same topic uh, on the wireless expansion, but I want to ask this a slightly different way, just to be absolutely clear on on this. I think I asked a similar question on the last call. Um, if there's another buyer of freedom and therefore another fourth carrier that exists in most of the rest of Canada, um, would you still intend to go forward as an MVNO and then build out a network over seven years and effectively be the, the fifth player entering the market or is that is your plans contingent on seeing what happens with the fourth carrier before you decide on, on being number five? Uh, this, we appreciate your assumptions, uh, but you know, uh, I think that it's not going to be uh, uh, possible to answer uh, quite. You know, um, uh, we'll find out. You know, in due time about what's going to happen, uh, and uh, would be, uh, I would say, inappropriate you know, to answer things that we don't know what's going what, to what's going to happen. Uh, can, can you tell me if the Rogers transaction is 100%, you know, we're done? Uh, you know, I guess that some people would think, or well, possibly think that you know, that could be uh, a, a different outcome. I don't know. So uh, you know, for me, you know, speculating on, on what's going to happen is uh, not useful. Okay. I, no, it's totally fair, fair Carl. I, I agree with that. I guess implied in your answer, though, is you are – going to survey what does happen as we do get more facts over the next several months as opposed to, you know, plow forward no matter what. You, you, you're almost acknowledging in your answer that things could change and we don't know how the world's going to unfold and you need to assess as we go along. Is that not a fair interpretation? Absolutely. I guess that you're right. Yes. That's all I'm trying to get at. It's a dynamic situation and we're all learning as we go. So. Appreciate that color, and uh, I'll pass the line. Thanks, Ben. All right. You, uh, next uh, question comes from David McFadgen from Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. Um, thank you. A couple of questions. So just following along the line of questioning regarding 
you know, wireless expansion across Canada. I'm, I'm assuming, well, I shouldn't assume. Would, would you wait until you have a bundled product before you uh, decided to go across Canada with wireless? And um, if so, I'm just wondering how that might impact your rollout because I know of um, an internet reseller and he was delayed for two years uh, by the incumbents to uh, be able to resell their products. I'm just wondering if they could do the same with you and just really um, slow down your your, uh, your rollout. Uh, yeah. Good morning, uh, David. Um, I guess that I will continue as uh, you know, my predecessors have been uh, doing before. Uh, I would, I, I'm not, I don't think that it's appropriate, you know, to give us our strategy, our marketing strategy, and the different products that we will launch. But you certainly, you know, uh, identify uh, the different things that are available or possible. Uh, so. Um, I guess that what we should say is that it enhance our possibility of uh, moving forward and the capacity to grow our revenues and basically also you know, justify even more than ever uh, our requirement to move forward uh, outside of our historical Quebec base uh, to continue to grow the company. Okay. Um... And just another question, uh, just on the mobile ABSU in the quarter, um, like if you look at Q2, it was pretty much flat. It declined a little bit. Again, uh, Q3, I thought we sort of had hit the inflection point between the various ARPU profiles between FIS and Videotron. And so I was just wondering, uh, did that reverse a little bit, or is there some other factor that caused the mobile ABSU to decline about 1% in the quarter? Uh, David, the main the, the main issue on on AppView are you know are more BYOD. Um, it's you know more promotional activity, so uh, pressure obviously on pricing, uh, more increased uh, percentage of growth from 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 FIS, so increased dilution dilutive effect, um, and 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 also you know as I said earlier, generally speaking, you'll remember. I mean you know the back to school is not is not a is a typically more challenging app few quarter for us. Um, you know, last year we, we lost, you know, 4.3% uh, on app few. Um, and also you'll notice that our, our, our equipment sales are, you know, are down this, you know, this quarter. So that's also part of the app pews, you know, so our pew is, is a little bit less impacted by that. So I, I think generally speaking, these explain that I, I don't think it's a reversal. Uh, I think we're still moving, uh, you know, we're, we're still moving towards the same, uh, the same, uh, you know, stabilization that, uh, that that we've been talking about for for some quarters, uh, and are certainly improving from the minus four and minus three that uh, that we had been living for the past uh, few quarters before last quarter. So, um, you know, that's um, uh, that's sort of what I would um, I would tell you on that view for the quarter. Okay, and then maybe. Maybe just a question on CapEx. Um, can you give us an update on you know, what you expected this year? And, and if possible, can you tell us what you expect for next year, obviously excluding uh, the wireless uh, spectrum purchase? Uh, stability is the, the name of the game in CapEx, uh, David, for us. 
Um, you know, our, uh, we're going to come in uh, exactly where we uh, where we've said we would for this year, and are expecting also uh, a very stable capex environment for 2022. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, David. All right. Uh, next question comes from Matthew Griffiths from uh, Bank of America. Please go ahead. All right. Thanks uh, for taking the question. Um, I'm sorry to ask another one on this uh, national expansion um, issue, but correct me if I'm wrong. From what I heard you say, are you going to try to engage in, um, once the terms and conditions are set, are you going to try to engage in negotiations with one of the national providers uh, before you go about trying to maybe acquire Spectrum from whatever source that might be uh, and launch the network? Or are we to assume that you may invest capital in Spectrum and other items and then down the road start to enter negotiations to see what the actual kind of cost of the operating the facilities based and the you know might be um but matthew the, the uh, most of the spectrum uh, have been acquired already i guess that right now it's in uh, in, a, in a pause uh, phase where again you know Telus has been suing the government uh forbidding them you know to issue the licenses we'll find out the outcome of that uh, we expect as the first decision uh, I've been uh, unfavorable to tell us that you know we'll be able to move forward, but certainly this is a condition to uh, to be a, a, an MBNO, uh, and uh, we look forward you know to have the, the conditions. We should say that all, I already um, sent letters to uh, the different CEOs of the incumbents, uh, telling them that you know we would like to entertain discussions and negotiations regarding uh, the, their access to the network. Uh, and basically, the answers that we receive is that we look forward to continue the regulatory uh, process, which is, you know, basically saying under between the lines, uh, stay tuned, and you know, keep us uh, in the, the the lineup and the delay uh, mode. So, um, so we look forward to have uh, the proper decisions made by the. Uh, Regulatory authorities, namely the CRTC, are um, uh, is the CRTC will be able to move quickly. As again, you know, I mentioned earlier, we don't control this, but we will certainly, you know, do the proper rep representations uh, in front of the CRTC and also, well, I guess that in front of, uh, of the new government, well, which is not completely new. In fact, you know. Uh, uh, the industry minister is uh, still Champagne, and he's aware, and he is the one that was uh, occupying this function before. Um, and I guess that, you know, everyone is looking in Ottawa to have more competition, so we're also uh, enjoying a, uh, a, a political, a favorable political environment. Okay, and just maybe a follow-up. So is it Quebecor's position that the 35, uh, the the 3.5 gigahertz spectrum that you have is sufficient to run a competitive network? And maybe just a follow-up to on um, the self-install rate. If I understood correctly, um, about 10% of uh, Helix has been self-install. And I just wanted to ask, 
you know, if, if that's meeting your expectations if, as you benchmark around the, the industry, do you, do you think that there's room for improvement? And uh, is this, this is like a source of, you know, potential margin improvement as these self-install and self-help kind of things can be expanded. Are, uh, how is that progressing generally as a bucket of potential kind of margin enhancement um, at, uh, at, at uh, Videotron? Yeah, uh, we'll I, start with yeah. the, the second part. On, on the self-install, uh, Matt, um, yeah, we're, we're actually, um, you know, higher than 10%. We're growing uh, growing higher than 10% on the Helix front. Um, and, uh, and that is definitely, I mean, you know, uh, there, the, the two main, uh, the two main uh, drivers on margin at, at this point that are, you know, on which we're pushing um, as hard as we can are the self-install and the uh, digitalization of the, uh, you know, of the whole client uh, contact experience. And um, so we're continuing on that. I mean, we're, we're not happy to answer your question. We're not happy with, um, you know, being in the, in the you know, 10 to 15 percent uh, range. Uh, we are happy that it's growing uh, quite fast. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we, we need to do, uh, you know, we, we still need to do quite a bit of work on that, but it will be uh, definitely one of the, you know, one of the big uh, drivers, one of the big levers uh, of margin improvement uh, going forward, uh, as well as the, you know, the, uh, you know, what I said, uh, the, you know, the digitalization and also the simplification of our, um, of our, um, uh, you know, technological um, uh, set of uh, platforms and systems, uh, which are being, you know, which are being modernized and ultimately, you know, leading to a, a much simpler and a much cheaper uh, maintenance and uh, and support uh, type of agreements going forward. So we're you know working hard on all these fronts uh, for margin improvement. On Spectrum, uh, Matthew, you know we uh, think that we have enough spectrum to start our business. Obviously, you know if we were to add more, it will be happier. But you know we think that we have enough for to start with. As you know, I mean uh, the the auction was quite competitive. Uh, we saw incumbents, uh, you know, complaining that they pay too much for their, their spectrum, and then, but I guess that it's their own responsibility uh, of doing this. Um, there will be another auction taking place in the months to come, uh, so that will give us also um, uh, another opportunity. Um, I think that you know what we should say is that we need to balance everything, uh, and you know, again regarding the. Competitiveness of the auction. I think that we were at the right place, uh, paying the right amount uh, for the right size regarding our business plan at the beginning and where we were coming from and where we would like to go. All right, good. Thank you very much. All right, uh, and the last uh, question we currently have in the queue comes from Drew McReynolds from RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Uh, Drew, please go ahead. Your phone may be on mute. Sorry, uh, I appreciate uh, squeezing me in here. Just one follow-up. Uh, you for, uh, for you, th thank you for the stability comment on CapEx in, in 2022. I think 
um, that's appreciated uh, among uh, investors in, in Quebec Corps. Um, I just wanted to drill down into what that uh, implies in terms of the 5G kind of de deployment or, or roadmap uh, for 2022. Obviously, there's a ton of moving parts to wireless and to network sharing arrangements and, and all of that. But uh, if you could just give us a little sense there, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean stability um, on 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 all fronts. I mean we we started um, you know Drew we started on the you know the four four and a half G or LTE advance call it whatever you want. I mean we've been you know we've been um, upgrading that and have started along you know quite quite some months ago, and we'll continue. And um, 5G we've always said you know of course we will be there, but it's going to be in in our case an incremental. CapEx standpoint, it's an incremental program, uh, which does not destabilize, uh, you know, everything. We're not talking amounts that are, you know, that are destabilizing any of the wireline uh, programs in place and the, uh, uh, you know, and the, uh, you know, the other, uh, you know, big, you know, uh, big ticket items that we have in our CapEx program. Um, you know, we, we have reprioritized, um, you know, many uh, projects. Uh, on which uh, we had been working and uh, focusing on, on uh, you know, revenue generating and growth generating uh, programs, which allows us to, um, you, know, uh, you know, use some of the puts and the takes to make sure that we, uh, on, on the whole, um, you know, keep our, our CapEx program, you know, pretty stable. Um, so um, I, I think, you know, focus on, on LTE Advance, continuing to, uh, to invest in 5G but also on the modernization of our systems that I talked about. Um, so um, I, I think we're focusing on the right, uh, on the right programs. And th there was opportunity for us to, to, you know, to clean up a few things and to be a little more disciplined in our investments. And um, I think this is what is showing now. Thank you. So uh, that was the last question. Thank you all. And looking forward to talk with you in the next quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the Quebecor Inc.'s financial results for the 2021 third quarter conference call. Thank you for your participation and have a nice day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said. Done. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. 
See you next time.